Somebody ought to give him a praise for a moment in this house. You don't need a reason to give him a praise. But you're just going to praise him because of who he is. Because you know that the battle's already won. Let me tell you, I read the back of the book. I read the back of the book and it declares that we win. No weapon formed against me by the enemy has the power to prosper. It's already done. Somebody, you ought to proclaim that over your situation right now. Just say, it's already done. Come on, somebody say, it's already done. I don't care what it looks like. It's feeling like a Sunday night in this house. Why do you praise so much? Why is it that every time you get up on a Sunday night that you just feel the need to start shouting and to start yelling? Because there's 3,000 people across the world right now gathered around televisions shouting for their God. There's people gathered in bar rooms yelling for their God. I dare not come in to a house and not give my God praise that is due to his name. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care how my day's been. I don't care how much sleep I got. God, you're deserving of my praise. God, you're worthy of my praise. Somebody ought to just, you ought to just open your mouth for a second. You know when it's true praise, you don't need someone up here hyping you up. But you just feel the need that I got to run the aisles. better I said I already feel a little bit better some people are coming here I'm depressed I'm feeling down sit on a pew there's something that happens when I just and then I'll tell you and then I'll tell you if you start a connection between your mind and your body and I start telling my mind it doesn't matter what's going on it doesn't matter what's happening crazy in here 
Somebody's acting like God delivered them from drugs. Somebody's acting like God delivered them from suicidal thoughts. Somebody's acting like God turned your life around when you thought there was no hope. Why y'all acting like that? Woo! Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Y'all better make your way back to your seats before we get in trouble tonight. There's no telling what can happen on a Sunday Night Live. This place is highly flammable. Turn to your neighbor and say, highly flammable. Amen. Well, I already feel better. Feel good. people you may not know how to dance the best you may not be able to cut a rug let me tell you there's one dance move that anybody can do it's called the jumping wave so if you're not skilled enough to get them feet moving you're not skilled enough to get that hand clapping on beat the least you could do for God is one two three four
Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Cause a Holy Ghost party. Go sit down. <laughs> Y'all just don't out with y'all. I'm ready to light a match, throw it on the fire and let it burn. But that's not what God has called me to do here tonight. And so with that, I'm not dampening your party. Just asking you all to put it on pause for a little bit. in a difficult situation tonight find myself standing in the place of the bishop of this house in his absence those are big shoes to fill <laughs> and I haven't struggled with preaching a message like I'm about to preach probably in the entirety of my short ministry that God has called me to. It's normally in those times that you know that's when God's trying to use you the most. So I humbly lay my flesh at the altar tonight. It would have been very easy for me to just fan the fire that was already in this house. But I know that's not what God wants tonight. I pray that you would be understanding of that. We could open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 32. I came to preach a specific message in this place. To some specific people. You think... You thought today as you woke up and you put clothes on your back and you drove your car to this house that it was just going to be another Sunday. As you ate your food this afternoon, you went through the routine of what you're used to doing and you thought that it was just going to be another service where you'd be able to jump and you'd be able to leap and you'd be able to praise God. But God has sent me on a mission here tonight telling you that this is a chirological moment that is going to happen in these next few moments. God is going to begin to reach for someone in this house, and God is going to begin to reach for you. My only prayer to you is please harden not your heart to the Word of God. Remove the man that is standing behind this desk and understand that it is God who speaks. I've done my best to cleanse and purify myself of all iniquity, 
all unrighteousness, to be as pure, pure a vessel that I can be. Pray tonight that you will take that seriously as I begin to preach these next few moments. I'm not going to be before you very long. Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. The Bible says, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and eleven sons and passed over the fort Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. Except thou bless me. For the next few moments, I simply want to preach. I won't let go. I won't let go. Somebody, you ought to just say that in faith right now. Just declare it. I won't let go. I won't let go. Amen. You put your Bibles down. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. How does Jacob find himself at this moment? What has he done in life to bring him to this divine time? We see the first fight of Jacob's life begins in his mother's womb as he struggles to claim dominance but is at the end pushed to the back and even in defeat still clings to his brother's heel as a sign of his acceptance to defeat but denial of complete surrender. Jacob was given a promise at birth. It was declared over his life that he would be in dominion over his family. As the younger brother, this does not make sense. There is an internal struggle between the reality that Jacob is living in and the promises that have been spoken over his life. Thus, the beginning of the saga of an internal fight that would rage for years on the inside of Jacob. The conclusion to that conflict happens as he finds his brother in a point of weakness and manipulates him for his birthright. The birthright was the natural privilege of the firstborn son. Receiving the birthright, the firstborn would become the head of the family. He would have charge over the family, including the family property. We see how deceptively with the help of his mother, mother, he coats his skin with hair, disguising himself as his brother to receive his father's blessing upon his eldest son. Again, the internal struggle happens between the promise over his life and his will, his will to manifest his promise to reality. Because of his deception, he has to run from his family. He has to run from normality. He has to run from what he's comfortable with. 
And he has to flee what he has known for so long. His battle through life continues as he finds himself serving seven years to his, to, for, the, for the love of his life for Rachel, just for it to all be in vain when his now father-in-law gives him Leah instead. Jacob was finally justified. He's finally in the right for once after a life full of mistakes. He was not at fault, but nonetheless, as is his motto, he begins to fight for the true love of his life for the next seven years. The fight continues after years of Jacob beginning to establish himself and his family. He is yet in another battle with his father-in-law over livestock. He had again fallen to his namesake and supplanted and deceived and stole from his father-in-law. Sparing details, Jacob begins his journey back to his native land. And as he travels, he has no clue the impact that the next fight of his life would make on him. So he begins to cross over the forge of bark. Help me, Brother Eddie. There's a man standing there waiting for him. Jacob, self-reliant Jacob, who has brought himself to this point in life that he is standing now. Jacob, who has fought for everything he has, probably boldly walks up to this man. Jacob's not afraid of confrontation. Jacob's not afraid of the fight. Jacob's not afraid to meet danger head on. As Jacob walks up to this man, a wrestling match ensues with this man. Okay, I don't know if it was looking like this, but it was looking like something. All right, Eddie, I need you to transform into Eddie Guerrero for three seconds, okay? And I need you to actually wrestle me. You ready? All right, come on. There we go. It's a little bit better. A wrestling match ensues as Jacob begins to fight against this man. And Jacob's used to this. Jacob's used to the fight. Jacob's used to the pressure. Jacob's used to being able to use his will to fight for things and being able to get things into his life by using his own power. Jacob's used to this moment in his life right here. Jacob is used to relying upon self-reliance. Jacob is used to this moment where he's not dependent upon anyone but himself. As Jacob is standing there, the Bible says that the man realizes he cannot defeat Jacob. In that moment, the supernatural being that was battling Jacob realizes 
The will of this man is too strong for me to overcome. The will of this man has been fortified over years and years and years of hardness. The will of this man has been calloused to the moving over years and years of pain and suffering. To the point where the man, the angelic man realizes that he cannot defeat Jacob. It is in this moment that the man touches the hollow of Jacob's thigh. And when he does, the pain, the agony, the agony from being struck in the thigh as tendons were pulled from muscle and muscle was separated from bone. This moment, Jacob is taken into a moment of weakness. Where Jacob realizes that he does not have the strength to fight like he normally would have. It's in this transitional moment where Jacob has a choice. Jacob, you fought this hard. You fought this long. You fought for this moment, Jacob. And now that you're here, Jacob... Now that there's a pressure that you're not used to. Now that there's pain and agony in your life that you've never experienced before. Are you going to let go, Jacob? Jacob, are you going to let go of the very thing that now has power over you? Believe that there was a Change. There was a shift in Jacob's mind that happened that said, wait a minute. He has the power to do that. What more power does he have? If he has the power to take away the very thing that I was secure in, to expose me of the very thing that was my strength, what more power does he have in my life? Believe that Jacob changed his posture from a posture of opposition to a posture of sincere, earnest desire for blessing. Jacob realized in this moment my strength doesn't come from what I have. And as this angel tells him, let me go for the day breaketh. Jacob realizes that my power comes from the thing that I'm leaning on. My power comes from the thing that I'm reliant upon. My power comes from the thing that I feel like is hurting me. My power, it comes from the thing that is, has me in agony right now. As Jacob's clinging on to the angel, he looks up and he says, I will not let go. 
until you bless me. Jacob realizes in this moment, I have nothing to lose. I've tried it my way for so very long. I've done it my way for so long. And the very thing that's gotten me this far was just ripped from me. God broke him down to a place where he was completely exposed of his strengths and only exposed to the inner weakness that was in Jacob's life. It's in this moment that Jacob makes up his mind that whatever happens in this moment, I will not let go until I get my blessing. I will not let go until something different happens. I will not let go until a change happens in my life. I will not let go until God, you bless me. God, I won't let go until your promise that is upon my life comes to pass. Brother Trevor, if he would have realized, I believe Jacob realized that in that moment, God's promise hasn't come to pass in my life. I can't lose. I can't lose against this, this being. He begins to realize, Brother Stewart, that what he thought his change would look like was not pretty. What he thought his stones and his memorial in life that would begin to change isn't pretty. But it's in this place of suffering. It's in this place of pain. It's in this place of fighting that I'm going to finally get my breakthrough. I know I'm talking to people in here. The life you have lived has been full of battles. The life you have lived has been full of struggle, has been full of pain, has been full of heartache. And you have relied on your self-reliance to get you to this point. You have stood upon your own will as you have grinded your way through life. And you, you prayed here a little bit, but, but I just prayed a little bit. And then when times got tough... I stuck my chest out and I went back to what I normally do when things get tough. And, and you've been fighting through all these things in your life up to this moment. But God spoke to me that there's people in this building where God has struck in the hollow of your thigh. You're walking in here on a Sunday morning and no one's noticing the difference. And you're walking here on a Sunday evening and no one's really paying attention. But God has brought you to a moment of pain and suffering and intense fighting like you never have before. You're asking yourself, how? Do I get out of this? The natural reaction to pain is to jump back, to let go, to get away from what's causing you harm. But let me tell you, in the supernatural, if you're going to completely get over hurts 
in your heart and in your life. And if you're going to completely get over lusts that are in your heart. And if you're going to completely get over flesh issues that are binding you and are conquering you on a day-to-day basis. It takes you to relinquish all of your will and have complete dependence on the one who formed you. I'm preaching to people in this place where you're in a season and you're wanting to blame everyone else but yourself. You're wanting to blame everything else but yourself. Everyone else is at fault. Everyone else did everything wrong. But let me tell you, God is putting you in this moment. God is putting you in this season to expose you of all your weaknesses. God is putting you in this place right now that you're in. So you will come face to face. You will have to look in the mirror and you have to acknowledge your weakness and realize that my only hope, my only hope in life to get out of this is to have complete reliance on the one who holds my world in his hand. Musicians, you could come. Tonight, God is calling some people to change from a posture of opposition to a posture of dependence. I said God is calling some people to change from a posture of opposition to a posture of dependence. What would have happened if Jacob let go? What would have happened if Jacob got tired of the fight? You talk about wrestling. It is one of the most intense form of sports that you could be in. You're activating your entire body to try and succumb Someone else. You are trying to use every muscle in your body to overpower. Let me tell you, somebody, you're in the hardest fight of your life. And you're the closest to the miracle that God has for you that you've ever been. I said you're fighting harder than you've ever fought. You feel the pain more than you've ever felt the pain. The hurt that is deep set in your life is more intense than you've ever felt it. You feel alone. You feel exposed. But God is about to bless you in this moment. God is about to bring a transition in your life. And God is about to change your identity. But the only way that God can do that is if you don't let go of the process. If you don't let go of the pain, if you don't let go of the fight, if you don't let go of the struggle. Pastor John, we can't get tired of coming here on a Sunday and saying it's just another pre-service prayer. We can't come in here and say it's just another Sunday morning 
and you're just kind of fighting your way through the battles of the day and you're fighting your way through the thoughts that you have at night and you're fighting your way like you've always done but God sent me here tonight to wake someone up God sent me here to get your attention and tell you the only way the only way there's gonna be a difference is if you start clinging to him God is going to use your biggest weakness and he's going to turn it into your biggest strength. I said God is going to turn your biggest weakness into your biggest strength. Where you feel like you're the most vulnerable is where God is saying, I'm going to try you. And when you don't bend and when you don't break and when you don't mold and when you don't succumb to the pressure of life and of living for me, then I will expose the strength in your weakness. But Jacob, it's up to you. There's only so many prayers that could be prayed over you. There's only so many days of fasting that your relatives and your friends and your leadership can fast for you. Until Jacob, you cling, you cling on to God in full surrender. And full realization that God, I need you. God, I can't get out of this by myself. But God, if I'm going to get out of here, God, I got to hold on to you. I got to hold on to you, Jesus. Israel, Israel, you're a prince, you're a princess, you're a king, you're a queen. You're royalty in this house. I'm preaching to somebody that the devil's lied to you and told you that you'll never be nothing. The mistakes that you've done have been too public. And there's never a way that God is going to use you again. But I came to tell you, Jacob, the only way God isn't going to use you is if you let go of him. The only way God isn't going to bless you is if you let go. Every head bowed in this place, every eye closed. I don't want nobody looking around. But Jacob, if you're in this house, the altar is calling you, Jacob. Surrender is calling you, Jacob. Jacob, you got to come and you got to lay your flesh at an altar. You got to put that pride away, Jacob. Jacob, you better put that pride away tonight, Jacob. I don't care how much it's been ruling you, Jacob. But the only way you're going to have dominion is if you put it away and you humble yourself in the face of your king. Beyond the surface things 
I don't 